0: Well, I'm glad you guys are here, and I'm excited about what we're going to be doing as we continue on this series, 2020 Vision. So as I started this a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you guys that, that I want us to look at, the, at our life in such a way that if we wouldn't just look at our life and say, hey, what could I do in one year? But, but what is it that I could do if I looked beyond just a single year? And what kind of vision would I have for my life? What kind of dreams would I look at and see, hey, those are worth working on. Those are worth me doing more than just dreaming about it. What would those things be? And what would we have to put in place to try to get there? And so we looked at this and we called it the finish line. And we looked at this thing called the finish line and we said, listen, if you're going to have a flourishing life, you cannot have a floundering vision. That you've got to have this vision for your life that begins to set and establish, where, where's my finish line? Where is it for me that I want to work to, that I want to run to, that I want to get to? Because you won't have a floundering life with this flourishing vision. That, that, that when you look at your life and look at who you are, that you're not going to have a compelling life with just this cloudy vision. You're, you're not going to have a breakthrough life with this boring vision. That you're not going to have a legacy worthy life with just this limited vision with what you're going to do. And so we've got to look and see what vision do I have for myself, for my family that is worth having and worth putting a lot of effort and energy into. Because your vision for your life, it should push you to achieve some worthwhile results. That what is it that is worth your energy? What is it that is worth your effort? What is it that is worth your sacrifice? That you would begin to establish a 2020 vision. That you could see very clearly, that's what I should be doing. That's what I should be becoming. You'd see it very clearly. And you would begin to move toward getting there. So we talked about how to set your finish line. That, that what is it you're going to do that you're going to put this thing out there and go, that's what I'm moving toward. That's what I'm running toward. How do you set your finish line? And you set your finish line. I shared with you four ways. That One is you publicly declare your finish line. That you publicly tell people, listen, I've put this in place. This is where I want to get to. That, that you publicly declare it. And as you publicly declare you, you are inviting others to hold you accountable to what it is that you say, this is what I'm going to do, that you would publicly declare it. You know, for you, it's a brand new year. For all of us, it is. And maybe some of you, Maybe you're just now trying to get this thing called church to be a habit in your life. It's January, and maybe you've tried it a couple other years, and, and you're here, and maybe you're here for the second time of the year or the third time of the year already. Maybe today is the very first time that you're finally here, but, but you're looking at this and going, hey, this is something I'm going to do. Well, one of the ways that you can make church something that's going to be a higher priority is you establish your finish line, you publicly declare, this is my priority. This is something I want to be doing with my life and when you do that and you publicly declare it it allows you to establish when it is that you're coming to church because see some people they take this approach of going well I didn't have anything better to do I guess we'll go to church today other people are like well that sounds really good but if there's, is there another time we could do that because I'm going to church today it, it, it's just a matter of which way you do this and, and I can tell you that, that for some of you, you guys have been regular here for a long time, but you've never even chosen to be a member here. Some of you, you guys are, are here and you're, you're freshly new to Crosspoint. Well, you could find out what membership really means and what the benefits of membership have because we're doing a membership class this coming Sunday, a week from today, during any of our three services, and you can go and sit through and, and hear about what does it mean to be a member here and that you can find out more about our vision because it's one of the things that we share in that membership class. But that's one of the things we do is we would publicly declare. Uh, A second thing that we do is that we would personally involve others. When we're going to set this finish line, we publicly declare it, but then we personally involve others. Because some of us, we need to have a vision that's going to push us so hard that that we need somebody else that's going to help pick us back up so that we can keep moving toward it. Because if we don't personally involve others, we might just give up on that vision if we don't have some help from some other people. And so we do, we we personally involve others. Another thing that we do as a church is we have these community groups or small groups, whatever you want to call them, we brand ours called journey teams. Because life is a journey and it's not meant to be traveled alone. And we call these things journey teams. And if you're not part of one of our 20 journey teams, we, we would love for you to try that out. We'd love for you to experience what that is. And two weeks from now, we're going to be having what we call our JT Journey Team Expo, where you can find out about some of these different groups that have openings and what nights work, what locations work. We provide child care for you if you've got kids. So, so it's a great way for you to start to personally involve others because it's other people that you begin to share and discuss some spiritual things with, yes. But you do more than that. You, you find a support group. You find a group that's going to be praying for you. You find a group that's going to cheer you on when, when there's something worth cheering for. And so it's great to be part of a journey team. It's an easy way for you to personally involve others. The third thing that we do when we set our finish line is that it comes to training. It comes down to training, and that is that you control your training. That You control it. You don't just say, hey, I'm going to be something. I'm just going to try. So you know what trying is? Trying is giving it your best effort once or twice. That's what trying is. But see, we need to control our training because training is giving it our best effort repeatedly. And so we don't just try once or twice. We train, we control that training so that we keep giving it our best effort. And the fourth thing when it comes to establishing this finish line, is that we have to rediscover giving it our all. That we have to rediscover what that means. Because most of us, when we hit our wall, we've really only given 40%. We've only given 40% of what we got to give emotionally. We've only given 40% of what we've got to give physically. That most of us, when we hit that wall, there's still more for us to give. So we have to rediscover giving it our all. So today we're going to talk about always hustle. So I want to talk about dreams and having a dream or having dreams. Because having dreams, it's a good start. It's a very good start. And and, uh, we have these dreams for our lives of what our lives could be. And and we think about all of that. And, And if you're single, one of those dreams that you might have, it might be finding your soulmate. That if you've you've begun a career that that you dream about being all that you can be within that career. If you feel like, you know what, you you just keep working a job that you don't like. You you dream about finding that, we call it a what? A dream job. That that you think about that. That that maybe for you, you, you dream about becoming independent. Whether that's emotionally independent, whether that's financially independent. Maybe you dream about finally finishing school and being done with that. That that's a worthy dream as well. Having these mutually rewarding relationships and friendships that are deep and meaningful. All of these, these are dreams and it's it's good. It's a good start for us to have dreams. But it's just a start. That, that having the dream, it's just the start. And that what some of us need to do is, is we need to discover that, that we've got to take some of our dreams and we've got to promote them to goals. That, that, that we can't settle for them to be dreams. Because you know what dreams are? Dreams are, are these desires in life without any deadlines. That's what a dream is. This dream, we we desire this, but there's no deadline. There's no thing we're really working hard to try to do and to achieve. But see, see, a goal, a goal is something that takes a dream and it says, I'm going to put a deadline to that because that's something I want to work at and I want to make sure that I achieve. Desires don't establish finish lines, but they don't these things that we dream about desires don't establish finish lines goals establish finish lines it's goals it's setting these markers that says this is what I want to do this is what I want to be this is what I want to become this is what I want to achieve this when we put a date to it is what actually sets finish line because it becomes a goal. In 1991, I graduated from college in 1990, and in 1991, in February of 1991, I ended up launching a business with a guy named John Sanko. And it goes back to a dream that I had as I was nearing finishing school One of the dreams that I had is that I would be a traveling communicator and I'd travel the states and even the world just talking with teenagers and sharing the hope of Christ with teenagers. And that was this dream that I had about who I would be and what I would do. But yet with that dream, there was a reality that was that's not going to pay very well. And so I, I started to dream about, well, what could I do to help cover my expenses and livelihood and life. And so I began to dream about having my own T-shirt printing company. Because if I had my own T-shirt printing company, it would be cheaper for me to get my, my T-shirts that I could do and I could take into my speaking engagements. And there wouldn't be a middleman. And I could design these things for what we were going to do and talk about and how we wanted to be able to take and, and just keep getting these kids to take this message that was, was shared. And now they're wearing it as a reminder. And so that, that became a dream for me. And so I ended up starting this thing called Winter Camp with another youth pastor, and I was looking for somebody that was going to print those shirts because I hadn't started pursuing my dream. And I ended up meeting this guy, John Sanko, through a mutual friend, and he was working for somebody else printing shirts, and that somebody else would let him print nights and weekends using his own equipment for, for using that for some side jobs. And so I used him, and through that, we started discussing some things because he had a desire to own his own T-shirt printing company, and he had experience. that I didn't have any experience directly with T-shirt printing stuff, but I had some business experience, so I, I could bring some of that strength to it. And so we just started dreaming together and talking together. And we ended up starting our business in February of 1991, called it Abundant Life Expressions. And when we started our business, we started with a small business loan, and, and we set a goal in place, a finish line. And the very first finish line that John and I established is we established that we wanted to go five years. We wanted this company to grow for five years before either one of us would take any profit from the business and put it in our own pockets. And so that, that was a finish line for us. We wanted to get to that place. And so when we started, we started, we were able to print about 40 shirts an hour. As we started getting more and more customers, our work weeks turned into 70 and 80-plus-hour work weeks because he was printing during the day for somebody else. I was doing youth ministry during the day for a church. And so we were given our nights and our weekends to be able to do this thing and to grow this thing. And at the third-year mark, we realized that, that we were going to have to take a leap of faith and we were going to employ John. Because we couldn't grow our business, we felt like, beyond where it was until we started having a daytime presence and had our own location. In the first four years, we moved four different times, four different locations as we were growing our business. When we hit year number five, we actually started putting money in our pockets and we achieved what we had set out to do. We started being able to print 40 shirts an hour. Today, we can print 1,400 shirts an hour. Today, we've printed for the Dallas Cowboys. We've printed for the San Antonio Spurs. We've printed for the San Antonio Zoo. We've been able to do and achieve things beyond what we initially set out that we thought we were going to be capable of doing. But I think the reason that we could do it was because of hustle, is because of drive that was out there of what we were willing to do and work for. Four, I can tell you if I'm being really honest that, that we haven't held on to hustle throughout all the years the way that we should but I also can tell you that we wouldn't have established where we are today if we hadn't have hustled from the very beginning and set some hard goals of what we wanted to do and achieve and be as a business. So as we think about this idea of always hustle. Establishing this finish line, that in order to achieve some of our goals, it's going to require us to hustle. And not just hustle occasionally, not just hustle when it's convenient, but we're going to have to always hustle. So that's what we're going to have to do. Have you ever been around somebody that they, they talk of good talk and they talk about their dreams, but they never really do anything to achieve them? They're just good at being a dream sharer. In fact, sometimes it kind of seems like an overshare. You know, they're just talking about all these dreams and everything, all these dreams and these desires. And but then you look at what they're doing with their life, and it's like, but what you're doing doesn't line up with what you've said and established is a dream for your life. And the reason is because it's just a dream. And we have to take our dreams. And if we're really going to be serious about letting that be part of who we are and, and something we're going to attain, we have to promote it to a goal. That, that, that there are some people that, that in life, that, that when they look and they see other people who are living their dream, you know, they, they, they see them, you know what they'll say? They'll, they'll say to themselves, wow, wish I could have that. They'll say to themselves, wish I could be that, wish I had that. But you know what they say to the the people that are living their dream? They say this. Must be nice. As if it was just handed to them, right? And and, and so there's a difference between dreamers and dream chasers. There's a huge difference. Because dreamers dreamers are, are satisfied with just having the thoughts. That's dreamers. But see, dream chasers... They're not satisfied with just the thoughts. For them, the start start for them is that yes, they had the thought, but it's just a start. And from there, they go, what do I need to do to make this a reality? And they don't stop until it becomes a reality and they hustle all the way to get there. So for some of you guys, this is going to be like hashtag worst sermon ever. Okay. Some of you guys, you're, you're, you're brand new to Crosspoint. This is your very first time to be in here. And you're going, I thought I came to a church. And he doesn't have a Bible up there. And he hasn't even read anything from the Bible. What, what, what kind of church is this? Well, I have a verse. Don't blink. <laughs> because that's all I've got scripturally today is I've got one verse. I've got 18 words. But I think these 18 words, if we could just look at these, if we could just hold on to these, I think that we will see that, that this idea of hustle, it's scriptural. That, that when we look at this and we see that this whole idea of always hustle, we can find this truth right inside of Scripture. Now, now when we look at this and find this, We're going to see that this was written to a group of people that were already convinced of who Jesus is. That they're already believers in Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you're going, I really don't know what I'm convinced of yet. But I'm convinced I'm missing out on something. So I'm just kind of here and I'm just kind of curious. I just want to know what, what, what does the church have to offer? And as this guy named Paul ends up writing this to this group of believers... We get to read this in Colossians, in our New Testament. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And this is what he told these believers. Work willingly at whatever you do. Work willingly at whatever you do. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. That that, that if we could really Grasp this verse. If, if we would really let this be a verse that, that that we would just kind of hang our hat on and say, that this is my life verse, it would be transformational for us. Because see, some of us, some of us feel like what we do in life and the responsibility that we carry and who it is we answer to, we, we feel like we're doing these things for other people and we going, you know because I'm just doing this for you, I I'm I'm just gonna give you this. That's it. I I'm not gonna give you a whole lot, I, I'm just gonna give you this much. Because I'm, you're just, you're just, I'm just working for the man right now, and that's all, that's all the man is worth from my effort and my energy and my time. But see, Paul knew something that we need to know. That, that if you're going to have a vision for your life that, that is God-worthy, what God really wants you to do, achieve, and accomplish, then, then you're going to have to take it and look at your life, and you've got to work willingly at whatever you do. And whoever you are doing it for, because you need to look at this as going, hey, I might be answering to somebody else as an individual, but I need to be living my life as if I know I'm answering to God with everything I do. Another translation takes this same verse, and it talks about working with all of your heart is how it translates this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is how it says this. And so, yes, we need to work willingly. When we look at this and how Paul was scri- scrib- scribbled this and sent this out, that, that Paul was sending this to some of the people that were reading this, they were slaves. And he's telling them, even as a slave, whatever your position is, work willingly at whatever you do. And he knew that there would be this big why. <laughs> why should I do that when I'm working for him? Well, the why is... Is because you need to look at this as if you were working for the Lord rather than for people. See, this has hustle written all over it. When, when we understand that, that Jesus, Jesus paid a price that he didn't owe. That, that we had a debt, our sin. We have a debt that we could not pay. And when we see that, that Jesus did this for us, the gratitude that we have for him. We express that in the hustle that we give and whatever it is we set out to do. That, that, that we show our gratitude to him and the things that we prioritize in our lives and say, these are the things that matter. We are sharing with him the level of gratitude that we have in life if we are believers this work willingly, this, this, this idea, you got to produce consistently, that you've got to be somebody that, that you do this routinely, that this is part of who you are, that there is a persistence to what you are doing. And so, yes, for some of you guys, you're going to walk out of here today and go, hashtag worst sermon ever, just got one verse. But for some of you guys, For some of you guys, you're going to take this, and this is going to be a transformational message for you guys. Because you're going to look at this and go, we spent 37, 38 minutes unpacking one verse and seeing what my life could look like if I would just take one verse in Scripture and live that out and be wholeheartedly committed to it. Two observations about people living a better life that we've done it, we've looked, and we've seen it, we're going, wow, they're living a better life. Two observations about people living a better life. One is they have learned what makes life better. If they're truly living a better life, they have learned what makes life better. And I'm going to tell you, I think there are some people that they get accused of living a better life when they're not really living the better life. It just kind of looks like it, Okay. But I'm talking about people that truly are living a better life. They have learned what makes a better life. And secondly, they own their vision. They own it. They own their vision and hustle to achieve it. That is, that's the two observations of people living a better life. And I'm telling you, if you want to have a greater marriage if you want to have a more rewarding relationship with your children, if you want to have friendships that are deep and meaningful, that if you want to have success in what you set out to do, if you want to have a growing relationship with Jesus, if these are things that you want to have, you're going to have to hustle in order to achieve them. Not just when it's convenient, you are going to all have to always hustle. And I've got some bad news for you. You're going, that was bad enough. Once you get there, once you find that you've got this rewarding marriage, once you find that you've got a rewarding relationship with your kids, you've got deep friendships, you have a career that is successful, that you have a faith that's growing, once you get there, you're going to have to hustle to stay there. That that you can't just hustle to get there and go, oh, it's kind of like getting to the peak of the mountain and I can just kind of coast going down. It doesn't work like that. that. That you're going to have to hustle to maintain what it is that you achieve. That every vision for your future that is worth reaching, It will require you to hustle to get there. That if it's just kind of convenient and you just kind of land there, it's not as significant as the things that you're going to have to dedicate yourself to. That the work will be worth it. And so don't get weary in doing the work. Because you have to remember, you have to teach yourself who is it that I'm doing this work for? To whom am I working? To whom am I answering to? Work at it as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. I want to share with you three reasons that dream chasers hustle. Three reasons. Because that's what they do, that, that, that if they're a dream chaser, they actually hustle. They're not just settling for having the dreams. And so three reasons dream chasers hustle. Well, number one, there is always more opportunity. There's always more opportunity. And and so they hustle so that they can achieve that opportunity and move on to another opportunity because there's always more opportunity. That if you want to be part of something significant, then you are going to have to do significant work to be part of it. I love what Albert Einstein said. He said, Opportunity is missed by most people. Because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. It's like, no, no, I I want opportunity. I I want things to happen to me. But no, not that. Because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. You know, people who hustle, they never settle for achieving one or two things that started as a dream. The people who hustle, They understand that there's a whole lot more dreams that could be achieved. And so, yes, they want to hustle, and they want to be able to get to one place so they can move to maintenance mode on keeping it and start putting some more effort and energy to things that they are ready to achieve next. I I find this so interesting because because I heard somebody say this years ago. And, And what they said years ago, they said, If you want something done, give it to somebody who's busy. And when I heard that, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense until I realized exactly what they were talking about. And I've experienced it. I've experienced it as somebody who's a supervisor of many others. That I've experienced it where I've looked at somebody who's got time, and so I give them a responsibility and ask them to get it done and give them a deadline, and they miss that deadline. And I've given deadlines to people and added something to somebody whose plate was overflowing with all of their responsibilities because of how busy they were. And I give that to them. You know what happens? They get it done. And you know when they get it done? Before the deadline that I established. It's because people who are busy, productive busy, they've learned how to hustle. And and they know what hustling does and and how they can achieve more because of their hustle. But the people that have this this extra time, they have this extra time because they won't commit themselves to more things. And they have this extra time because they like to just kind of chill and just kind of relax. So if you want to get something done, yes, you give it to somebody who is busy. Because busy people know, hey, there's always more opportunity. A second reason, dream chasers hustle. There is always room for improvement. That they look at their lives and they go, hey, I, I, I don't want to settle for status quo. That I, I want to have the best life that I can possibly have. And, and there's room for improvement. And so I'm willing to put in the energy and the effort that's going to be required so that I can experience improved life. So productive people, they have been people that they have conquered one incredible thing. And what they have conquered is they've conquered procrastination. Productive people have conquered procrastination. And they look and they see, hey, there's always room for improvement. And, and, and these productive people, that they hustle because they're people that they would never settle for average results. Because there's room for improvement in their life. Third thing of reasons why dream chasers hustle. There is only so much time. See, time's a great equalizer. That everybody in this room... We are all given the same amount of time in a day. We all get 24 hours. Somebody in this room isn't left with only 17, and somebody else doesn't get 28. We we all get 24 hours a day. That time is this great equalizer. That time is a limited resource, and it is the most valuable commodity that we have. It's time and, and opportunities. Opportunities have expiration dates. They do. The, the, the opportunities aren't things that are just going to be out there until we get around to it. The opportunities, they have expiration dates. And, and when you look at people who hustle, these dream chasers, and why they always hustle is because they know that there is only so much time. Listen, the key for you and me for us to be able to reach our finish line, for us to be able to achieve the goals that we set out, the key to reaching them, it's found in our daily routines. It, it, it's how we establish how we're going to go out through the day each day, each and every day, that we establish routines so that we can be about always hustling to get there, that we're gonna work willingly at whatever we do as if we were working for the Lord and not not for people because we know that, that God's even, on the opportunities that he gives, the opportunities have an expiration date. I think that every single one of us in this room want to be successful people. Every single one of us. And we define success maybe differently. And I think if you want to be successful, then you're going to have to have incredible relationships with people. That's where we can find the most success is with relationships with others. That we have to have a, a growing relationship with our heavenly Father. That, that we've got to have a relationship within our family that's dynamic. And then the other things start to come into play. Of what it is that we would say, that's something that I want to experience success with. But the only way that we're going to experience success is if we hustle. That we have to go above and beyond living and settling for status quo if we're going to experience the kind of success that we start with dreaming about. But we have to promote that dream to a goal. And we set these deadlines of what it is that we're going to do and when we're going to do them to be able to achieve them. That if you only put in minimum effort, then the only thing that you can expect is minimum results. So hustle, hustle, hustle. How often and when should you? Always hustle. Next week, we're going to talk about the value of being humble when it comes to having a 2020 vision for your life, the value of being humble. And yes, this is a very important factor in value with the way that we have a vision for our life and what it is that we are going to do. I think one thing that's on and off our minds a lot these days is just the political climate that we are in as a nation. And, and, and I think that political climate, it's, it's just a tough climate right now. It doesn't matter what side you land on. When, when you look at this right now, that they, we have people that are Americans that, that are suffering because of this climate that we are in. doesn't matter what side you pick. And, and, and I think that in a church our size, I, I think that there is a good possibility that there are some people that come to Point that you are directly being affected by this government shutdown. And that that it can be a challenging time for you. It can be challenging for you if you've got months worth of money saved in the bank. It can be challenging for you if you are already living paycheck to paycheck. But it can be challenging. And so we're we're not even talking about the value of being humble yet, because that's next week. But I want us to be the church at a time like this. And if you are somebody that you are directly affected by this government shutdown and that it's, it's a challenging time financially for you and emotionally for you, then, then I want us to be the church for you as well. And so here's something that I'm going to ask you to do, and it's going to take being humble for you to do this, that if you're somebody that you're directly affected by this, I'm going to ask you to text the key word, get support, one word to 555-888. And I don't want to limit it to just the people that are here in the room right now. That, that if you are somebody that, that you, you do life with some people and, and you know somebody who's directly affected, or you've got a neighbor next door or a couple doors down that you know is being affected, that I'd love for you to share that, hey, there, there's a church, my church, and, and, and we're going to try to help some people with what they're going through right now. And so you can share and give them this number, 555-888, and and you can give them this keyword, get support. And here's how we're going to support you. That we're not, I'm not putting us out there to say we're going to start paying mortgages and we're going to start paying grocery bills and paying car payments and paying insurance. But here's what we are going to do. We're, We're going to provide a meal for you once a week. And you might go, oh, wow, that's awesome. You might go, that's it? That's all we're going to do? It, it's, it's the way in which we're going to do it. That, that I'm looking for people in our church that you're willing to give support. And if you're willing to give support, you're willing to open your home and open your table and open your pantry and open your heart, then you can text that same number, 555-888, and you can text GIVE SUPPORT. Saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm willing to give support if there's somebody in need. You're going to find out some details about that. and You're going to put a limit of how many mouths do I feel like our family can feed or that our house can handle, that we can accommodate, and you're going to get an opportunity to put all that out there. But the kind of support that this is going to be is it's going to be a support that's not so much about this incredible financial support, providing one meal a week, but it's about providing some emotional support, providing some prayer support, whether you're brave enough to pray with them while they're there in your home, or whether you just know, hey, these are people I'm going to get to know so that I can be praying for them throughout the week, but that we're going to give support. We're going to be the church in a time like this that people need a church and need the care that comes from having relationships. And this might be one of the greatest things that whichever side you're on that you could be doing so that you can really be sharing and experiencing this community that's meant to be experienced when i when people choose to make a church their home. But it's going to take, if you need the support, it's going to take you being humble. It might even be that you go, I've got six months worth of living expenses at the bank. I don't." You need it, not for the monetary support, but for the support that you get and knowing that people care about you. So be humble enough that you're willing to do that. To be humble enough that you're going, you know what? My, my home, it, it, it's, it's not the greatest home. It doesn't look like Pinterest. I'm not sure. That, that part about inviting them in, be humble. Be humble. Because there is an incredible value that comes from being humble. And let's be the church. Pray with me. God, we certainly pray for just where we are at as a nation. God, that that, that we would be people, that that we would would look to align scripturally with your word holistically for how it is that that we need to treat others, how it is we need to welcome others, how it is that we might need to have boundaries. God, that that we would look and and that we would follow you. I I, I know that there's people that are decision makers and, and maybe their hearts are very far from you. I pray in a supernatural way that your spirit would come upon them and that we would be able to be a nation, that we would be united and we'd be reunited around the truths for life that you have established. God, I pray for those directly that are being affected by this. I pray that we could be the church for them. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.